before I forget, solo leveling has some bonus chapters. Two chapters are out, third one on the way. Go check it out. It's wholesome. It's not like it, you're not gonna find anything like action, actiony. Like yo, this is like vintage solo leveling, but it's wholesome. It is a nice read. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Herbal Synergies The Shop. I'm your host, Sinji, with me, my co-host as always, Herbay. What up? What's good, Herbie? How you doing? You know, I can't complain. I can Hang always complain. But will anyone listen? It's a real question. Hell no. I'll listen to you, dog. And then make fun of me after. Mm, it's out of love. <gasps> I don't need that kind of love. I gotta put me first. You're right. You gotta be first. I gotta put me first. <laughs> yeah. You got a flavor this week, Herbie? Oh, well, before we get started, I gotta give an announcement to the people. We're disbanding Herbal Synergy. You're supposed to let me say it, but... um. Damn! But yeah... Uh, it's with a, a heavy heart and a um, bunch of emotions here. But our co-host, Sinji, has decided to go pursue other avenues. So, yeah, folks, it's sad news. It'd be like that. Um, you can catch me on my new Twitch stream. Uh, I might be doing this podcast and things solo so y'all can hear my sultry voice. Um... <laughs> But yeah, yeah, we're disbanding. This will be the very last episode. Now, are you trolling, or did you just sneak in? Did you have a Twitch channel? Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm serious, dog. <gasps> I don't have the, I don't have the, the energies to do this no more. Damn. Yeah, by the, by the time you hear this, you know, it'll be a, uh, maybe be on, you know. Sometimes this weekend episode get released, so. And then you can say uh, April Fools. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's I had to like think going. hard about that. Like, what's the play? Yeah, I, I figured because you know be released sometime this weekend. So <laughs> April Fools, fellas. Mother, I will release it April first on purpose. What day is that? That is Saturday. Yep. Remind me to release this Saturday. Oh, I was <laughs> after this, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, inhale, inhale back to the regu regularly scheduled programming. There, there was a lot of, um, stuff pretty much. I could do the whole episode of magical revolution. Cause I, that one was a good one, bro. Like ma magical revolution is my, uh, flavor this week. Yeah. Also, uh, Avengers was a good one too with. Homeboy shooting um, 1,600 feet. <laughs> but he went gear second to do it, so I'm not impressed. <laughs> that was a nice shot. It was a great shot. I was like, ooh. I did think it was weird. My man had to power up. Um, but yeah, I did see some other parallels. Uh, with the One Piece aspect and another one of our shows. But yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead to give your flavor. My flavor was just the entire freaking Magical Revolution episode. For making me tear up, not once, but twice, and then actually having a tear come out. Damn. Anime, you okay, changed. listen, listen, guys, listen. <laughs> You've changed. <laughs> listen, guys. And it's not for the better, let me tell you, because I don't mind tearing up if something, like, hits. Nah, it's for the better, dog. But you, I you hate the stuff now. knows that comes with emotions. And I, by no means, have the sympathy to be feeling for all these animes. But some of them get me. Some of, do, some of them do get me. It's not easy. I have a friend who's constantly crying at anime. She's like, how did you not tear up? I'm like, I, it's just, they, that... 
first of all, it's not like it was the main character. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But I, I shed a tear. Magical Revolution, man. I did. I did. Oh, I didn't I didn't tear up, but I was like, damn. That's terrible. I teared up. I put myself in honest shoes. Yeah. The conflicting emotions and like that you gotta go, but I don't know how to ah man. I was just like, damn. I don't even think I got that emotional when Ace died. <laughs> well well I think it was different because I expected Ace, him to die. <laughs> yeah, and like Ace hit he died because he was doing something real stupid. Like he was on the way out. You know. Like he was pretty much gone. But like her her whole brother circumstance that led up to it was unfortunate. Um because it started when he was like a young lad. And so it was just pent up and build up stuff like Ace's stuff like he was gonna die anyway yeah they were just doing dumb shit for each other like there was no I, I'm doing this for you and I'm doing this for you and blah 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 it was just like it. the the brother always confused me because like he didn't seem like a bad guy but he seemed like a douche at the same time I was like I can't understand what his objective is I after um he met with the king. I was like, oh, this might have been this whole thing all along. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I was like, huh. Man, that was brazy. It was. It was. Guys, before I forget, solo leveling has some bonus chapters. Two chapters are out. Third one on the way. Go check it out. It's wholesome. It's not like... It, you're not going to find anything like action actiony like yo this is like vintage solo leveling but it's wholesome it is a nice read when you're expecting when the show the 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 series is done and honestly it's a, it's a good thing to have considering the anime just got postponed to 2024 so now we have some new content mm, 2020 fizzle for shizzle yeah. Just thought yeah. I'd put that out there. What do you want to talk about, Irby? Let's go ahead and uh, kick it off with some Eden. Eden. Yeah, then we could do some Revengers, followed by um, High Card, and then, or we do High Card, then Revengers. Either way, either or, fearless choice. Well, let me let me hit you with uh, Revengers first so that uh, I'm not talking so much. Yeah. Well, you still got to talk anyway because um, the high card. Yeah, so. yeah. Let Let me hit you with Avengers, and then we can talk about Eden. Let's uh, let's sandwich the other way. Oh, I, okay. Yeah. Um, Revengers episode two. Gold opens any door. So we start off this episode with my boy Rizo having a dream, and we found out that. His father-in-law was actually... I don't know if they said it last episode, but his father-in-law was his master. He used to train him, and, like... I guess he was... It it just... It makes you realize how hard it was on his conscience that he killed this man. Because not only was he going to be his father-in-law, but he was the man that taught him his ways of the sword, I guess. Which gave me even more reason to be like, why the heck didn't you just ask him about him doing drugs? <laughs> because you knew this man. He trained you. Uh, that, that man retarded, dog. He did not. He He's he's so easily giving in to these guys. But He's crazy. Uh, yeah, but, you know, that's a, I guess that's a story for another time. So. What I was wondering was, you ran to your wife because you were going to kill yourself, but you found that she killed herself, and then you just stood there depressed. Why didn't he kill himself after? Like, I, I get he's the main character, he can't die, but what, what stopped him from killing himself? Probably. You, you were still living in dishonor. <laughs> yeah. Well, the dishonor he felt. I'd say, or, or um, he might have felt... Um... 
Well, if he killed himself, who's to say that she was going to get a proper burial? True, true. Okay, you know, I can, I can. That's the only plausible reason I can think of. Yeah. Um, or like, like his despair or something, or he like he he thought he must have like atoned for some sins before, or maybe he felt like he couldn't atone because she was already dead, so. He's trying to figure out how to atone elsewhere, but I think it. I think the most pl- plausible reason is he probably had to make sure she got buried correctly. That that does sound like the more likely scenario. Yeah. Um. So we go over into like this shrine-like room, and my boy Yuen shows up, and this pastor-like fellow with uh, circle shades like Godo or Gojo. I'm sorry, I said Godo. Gojo is preaching about the deuce or duos. How, how would you say that, Ruby? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I say deuce, but it could be duos. I'm yeah. say deuce. Or the duos. The, the, du, the duos, God. Um, yeah. his, his judgment will bring evildoers to light or whatnot. And then he proceeds to say that Little did people know it would be written later on that he will trust humankind to pass on his judgment and punish those who are deserving of being punished. And you would think that by what he's saying, UN is like all in it, but uh, like all for that, like that's that's what he believes in. But then he whispers to himself. About it being like a charade. I'm like, oh, so if this isn't what like, he's clearly a religious guy because of the tattoo on his back, and then like the way he killed the the guy in the first episode, he prayed. Mm-hmm. But it, it's clear his beliefs don't line up with that man at the very least. So although he is killing people, he feels deserve to die. I wonder what his him himself his justification is. Um, so they give you and the money for the job, job well done. And when he goes to give it to his crew, it's actually a little less than what they thought. And then he, that's how he kind of like brings up that ah, Rizzo's part of the crew now. He's the one who killed the guy anyway. And Neo and Bandana guy was not uh, with. With that, they rather kill him and get it over with, but it is what it is. So, um, we go to a patient with the doctor guy, and this girl looks sickly. She looks sick, and she knows she's gonna die. The only thing, um, she she wants, and like she leads, she kind of like leads you into believing that she she was a whore. Oh, she because. She said she heard something around a brothel or something like that. She mentioned brothel. I think it's um, I believe they call that sex work now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> OnlyFans. Uh, maybe. But um, she mentioned that her she was tricked by her husband. Husband, he sweet talked her when she was young, and she fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. And turns out, as soon as they got married, she ended up being, she was forced to take care of all his debt, which he was also indebted to his boss. And they found a very satisfying way to pay it off. If you guys catch my drift. So, she gave Doc a bitten golden coin. Because I guess she had an idea that he was part, or he knew... UN and the crew, or was part of UN and the crew's team. I don't know how she found that information, but she had a pretty good idea. And she said, If I'm going to hell, I don't want to go alone. So the yeah. doc leaves the room and he says, Looks like we got two more tar- targets. It's like, Okay, cool, cool. I don't, I don't like, I don't uh, know if that's how we find our targets. I thought, I thought the church was who gave you your targets, but anyone can yeah. just go. 
that's kind of um, confusing though too. But uh, he essentially said like, if you find a a coin with a or a monk coin with a a bite in it, it's pretty much how they pick their clients. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe the church hands out those coins, or maybe there's like a cert, certain set amount in circulation. Um, that would make sense, but I think the significance might be in the bite, not the coin. I think the coin might be a bite of vengeance. Fairly, what they, what they were saying. Yeah, Ewan said something later that like kind of makes me wonder. It was just like you can tell how much someone wants revenge by how hard they bite, and I was like, wouldn't that just be like how strong their teeth are? Like I don't, I don't know if everyone can chew through a coin the same the same way um probably not but uh what's the i forget the force is like something tons pressure so it's like if something's really bothering you like you bite down harder i guess um, yeah it bites with the vengeance cut so i guess that's how they say how how much vengeance you really want with the bite no what if someone just bites a chunk of the coin off then they got a whole lot of vengeance to to do. Either someone's really fucked up, or there's a lot of people involved in this. Yeah. So I... But um, UN goes to visit Rizo and basically in a long-winded statement says, hey, you might as well work for us. We're going to pay you. Um, it's not like you have anywhere else to go. And Rizo's not completely convinced, so he's like, let's get some fresh air. And turns out that they went, well, Ewan knew where they were going, but he led Rizo to the girl in the doc's office, her her wake. The wake had no lights, no candles, no nothing, and he questioned it. And this part was, um, this part was interesting. It was just like, that's, you're looking at the weight of this coin. She chose a restless death for revenge. She'd rather have the two guys who put her in this predicament suffer than to rest in peace. I was just like, alright, I can find the meaning behind those words. So, he, um, Rizzo said he needed some fresh air, and Ewan said, take, uh, go talk to Yui, which is his dead wife. I thought that was kind of messed up, but Rizzo took new offense, so we're, we're cool. And said, um, ask her how she, what she thinks of it. Well, I'll say, I don't think it's messed up per se because that's what they do. They always talk to the ancestors or uh, the deceased ones uh, in, in that culture. Cause they they have altars where they're like, oh, this is dead grandpa's whatever. And they're like, oh, sometimes he speaks to me. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, essentially, I guess that's kind of like a staple what everyone does. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like... Um, yeah, people still still pray to dead people to for guidance and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, so, so he went to go think and he's um he's uh he's he's basically naked. He's got that one undergarment thing that people the loincloth. Yeah, the loincloth and it looks like he's about to like he's about ready to kill himself, but like I don't think he'd do that naked, so I was like, ah, he can't be killing himself. Why be naked when you do it? I mean, some people do kill themselves when they're naked. That's uh, weird. Um, I'm not going to knock it, but it's kind of... Auto, autoerotic asphyxiation. Whoa. Yep. Um, That's what happens. It, uh, true. But... Not on purpose, though. It's mostly an accident. If I recall... <laughs> 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 I was going to say that, but I was like, I'm just going to leave it alone. If I recall correctly, um, he apologizes to Yui, and then he begins to use the sword to shave. So, my man's in on the plan. He goes to see the doc. The doc has a fucking tortured dungeon of weapons under his office. But the doc says, there's no time to explain or give you a tour. I have a feeling these would do good for you. And even though I saw this scene in uh, Instagram... I didn't f- remember the shoes thing, and I did see it. And once it like happened, I was like, "Oh yeah," and it didn't really make sense to me after I got two episodes in. But the doc, uh, 
No, 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 no. I went a little too far forward. The boss goes into the room. Um, girl's husband is drunk. It's like, you idiot. You, you're you doing too much. I, you should at least lay low when until the wake is over or while the wake is happening. And he didn't even remember who died. Um, but regardless, he the boss caught wind that He's got people after him, so he hired him a bodyguard and said they're going to leave by boat. The bodyguard, which was fair, fair, made the dude roll the boat and said, boat. said um, if I roll the boat, it might get in the way of me protecting you. But then proceeded to say that no arrow or bullet will pierce me as long as I have this armor. Bullshit, because Doc activated gear two, pulled that giant dragon bow back, and let that sh- fly. To be fair, I don't even think that was an actual arrow. That looked like more like a harpoon. It looked like a freaking spear or something. <laughs> yeah, a harpoon he shot, because if that was a regular arrow, I think it wouldn't have made it. Bro, that but. thing that thing pierced him so hard, I think he's actually pinned to the bottom of that river. Yeah, um... Yeah, funny, funny, um thing because i was going to get me a, a bow fishing bow and i was reading into it and i learned that that over a certain pound of um pressure ridge it just shoots your fist and nails it directly to the bottom so you need a bow with like 20 i think it's 20 to 40 pounds mm-hmm. of uh pullback force because I, I got me like a 65 um, pound uh pullback force bow because i just, just wanted that one because it looked cool but yeah i was gonna get me a bow fishing bow go fishing so that's a little, yeah, that's a little, <laughs> yeah, that's a little, little something right there. Insight to my life there. I accept all parts of your life. Times you do. <laughs> but, um, so Doc kills the, the bodyguard and then goes, let's see if you can actually use my equipment. To, which he said is the boat from him was like four and a half cho away, which I don't know what cho is, but I'm going to call those meters or something uh, yeah it's probably um each show is like probably 400 feet okay so That's, yeah it could be right yeah it could be he was in a building they were in the water they were getting further yeah because he's like oh 1600 feet away and then he's like with the wind resistance and and stuff it's like 17 1706 i was like oh I don't think any but wind was stopping that harpoon. You would be surprised that how much wind would affect a projectile like an arrow. Oh, uh, I I know I understand that. I just don't think a wind was gonna affect that thing. That that shot yeah. was instant. Yeah, I, I did like how. Have you ever seen Arrow? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, do you remember his his uh his bow when he pulled it out the one time? Um. He was in the restaurant with Felicity, and he pulled it out, and the bow was like little, and did it just like up into a big bow. That's what that scene reminded me of before he shot it. Um, I, I you, might have, you might not have been that far. No, yeah, because I stopped. I don't. I don't even remember where I stopped, but the, the, it doesn't sound familiar. I've been getting some arrow and flash scenes on my Instagram for some reason, but it might come up actually. Yeah, I, um, I think I stopped like season six. And there's like a whole another season left. It started getting a little weird on me. I was like, oh, I can't do this right now. My heart. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I can't take it. So Rizo is on. The dude gets out of the water on the other side of the river, if if you will. And Rizo like clicks his boots and then the spikes come out. And I'm just like, in this at this point, I was like, I remember this scene. And I remember the boots. When Doc first gave him the boots, I thought they would like give him a speed boost. But there's spikes, and now I don't really know why there's spikes. Well, well, technically, um, spikes do help you run a little faster. Most uh, track athletes use use the spikes to dig it to the ground. So I guess essentially it could, but like I don't, I didn't see a need for the spikes myself. For so. like, I guess for like less res- like less slip resistance or more slip resistance or something. It's something like force of um, pound per like square inch or something helps you propel faster. Be- yeah, because like 
you you know from the last episode, he has a pretty quick thrust forward. And then I guess the spikes help him thrust with more force because there's no there's no like cancellation of built up energy, if I'm saying that correctly. Like the spikes are holding him in position. I understand maybe. what you're saying. Yeah, maybe. I mean, no, I, I thought no something motion or movement. Yeah, I, I I was thinking something. The boots would like probably be better if they like shot out some air to boost him forward. But the the spikes seem more practical. Yeah. But when you uh when you factor in homie going gear second and shooting a harpoon, I don't think air coming out of the boots is that far fetched. I think the only only issue would be like how would you be able to would it be something like constant like you have an air pack or is it something where you have to build up the kinetic motion in order to boost the air out? Hmm. That's the only thing because the feet the shoes aren't that big. No, so they're not. Like, and if you had multiple ta- targets, building up the kinetic motion would be a pain, unless you just saved it for the actual target. Which, since I mentioned target, also brings me to this. If they're killing people with the authorization from the church, are casualties really allowed in this business? Like, they weren't supposed to kill the bodyguard. The bodyguard was just paid to protect the guy, as far as we know. He doesn't have a bad backstory. He was just got paid to do a job. I mean, he did work for a sleazeball in a brothel, so... Yeah, yeah, you know, tomato. It might tomato. be um, it might be an acceptable loss. Is I think the turn they put it. Eh, okay, but regardless, uh, Rizo got a speed boost. It seemed like, and he covered the distance between him and the douchebag very quickly, and cut him diagonally in half so fast that. Homie was mid-air and trying to register what happened as he was dying. Yeah, that was a a cool slice. I was like, oh, sliced him. Yeah, that that was clean cut. Mm. Um, Doc shrunk from gear two, released all his steam, and went back to his normal bulky size. And Douchebag Boss got the golden face. Yeah. After he's chasing Neo through the through the little brothel. So you can have me if you can catch me. Yeah. This guy. Little little jerk. <laughs> jerky boss man. Herky jerky boss man. Herky jerky. But yeah, so not not much to say. So hmm. Hmm. All right, we're going to get into Eden of the East, Season 1, Episode 9, Amantu Ephemeral. Let's so, see. Yeah, so let's see here. So I was thinking, like, I thought, I thought it occurred to me that maybe Takizawa had, like, that all that information was coming to light. And I was thinking maybe it's part of his his overlying um, plan that all the information about him is to come out. Or like, it was like one of those set trips. So. And so. And then I had another note here. I was thinking, I've never seen a pair of pants blow away in the wind mm-hmm. like, like Panties Pants did. <laughs> and also... <laughs> The other piece of laundry was just hanging there too. So why didn't both of them get blown away? Plot. So, and that just irked me a little bit. Like that wasn't even like tropical tropical storm wind. <laughs> so, and now, bro's like, I'll never leave my apartment because of my pants. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, you can buy some more. You basically get your groceries delivered to you. Like you can order. Pants, <laughs> like if you didn't want to leave the house, just say you ain't want to leave the house no more. 
I mean, Bruh, <laughs> my man was in a decent shape before he decided to become a shut-in. Yes, he he was decent shape. I, I was like, I don't understand it. So, yeah, so then Takizawa, he's orchestrating, like, a trade to, like, prove who he is. He had a Major League Soccer Club trade one of his players to another team to prove him. And then the guy's like, oh, I, I guess you're kind of all right or that or whatever. So you might be a sale of sale. So then Panties takes him to a secret room, uh, Mana No Bay, and there's some other treasures. Um, and there's a treacherous man looking for him called Mana No Bay. And he's looking for number nine, Takisawa. And then we find out Nobilish Oblige is obligation of the privilege, which is, you know, interesting. Hmm. I still think those those two people, man, I was like, oh. And then later on with the music, I was like, oh, I already know it's about to happen. And so, um, so then um, the Four Eyes Glasses guy calls Machan to try to find out what's going on and get some information about Takizawa. And Takizawa and Panties crack the phone and they look at all the transactions. And he, they see that he bought um, a brainwashing program. So I'm like, I'm thinking that might be his old phone or, or whose phone is that really? Because he has someone else's phone. Like, did he kill the supporter and just take over the supporting role? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand. So many questions. He got, listen, beats me. So then they discovered like a propaganda machine. And there's a whole bunch of like conspiracy theories and they making up stuff with the like the, the drop sites. And essentially we find out like the plan. Um he moved people out of the areas where the missiles would have hit mm-hmm. by doing certain stuff. I was like, oh, okay, so he wasn't a part of that. Like he actually saved those folks. Which is pretty, pretty um pretty good. He saved people, so I guess he continued to do well. Yeah, there's it seems yeah, that way. Yeah, there's bombs in the city, and Mononobe shows up, does a recon at their place, and it's number four phone. And what they do here, they don't reveal that they actually cracked the phone to Saki and um, Machan, so it's kind of like their little dirty little secret. And Takizawa then talks to Panties like he wants to punch the creator in the face. And my girl Saki was eavesdropping on the whole thing, so she she knows what's going on. Yeah. And then Saki talks to Panties about the phone. And he's like, oh, it's better if you don't know. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, she knows something. And then Panties goes back to working on the phone, looking at the transactions log and whatnot. And he figured out that Takizawa helped people and was doing stuff. And then Panties discovers something he has to tell Takizawa. Mm-hmm. And, and this is when he's like, I got to get out of here. Uh, Saki had given him a pair of pants and they were tiny. Bro, they were too she, small for when he was skinny. Well, I guess they stretch. Oh, they stretched all right. Yeah, so it was like... She got him because she thought he was going to be the skinny guy like he was before, but he wasn't. So he puts on these pants, and he's running out. And Mononobe and the other Sailor Sal see him, and he makes, um, Mononobe makes the other guy run over him. And I'm like, Wow. Like I, I heard the music. I'm like, oh, this is someone finna die. Music. <laughs> so I was like, oh, he's finna die. I was like, no. <laughs> Just when I started to like him. No. And so the guy hops out. I was like, oh, you made me a murderer. And he's like, man, you was already a murderer. You fired those miss- missiles. And I'm like, he's right. Like, and then find another guy's name is Yuki. But I'm like, bro, he's right. You you were gonna kill millions of people either way. So what's this one life to you? True. Because <laughs> you actually had an active hand into it. Like you drove over him. Like, come on. It was so confusing to me. 
Yeah. And then I like how uh, Panties has this thing that was like, it told him like his feature or whatever. And it said, uh, it said, oh, Panties changed the hero, then die. I'm like, oh, yep, he's dead. <laughs> and then so they caught, they called Takizawa and they speak to him for a little bit. And the rest of the, the initial um, computer crew shows up to the place. And this is when the shocker hits. It's like, oh, the sign says, I'll kill you, Akira Takizawa. And I'm like, oh, so is he not Takizawa? I was like, what if it was a different Takizawa? I don't know. I'm like, who? I'm like, what's going on? I need more. I got to see it. Good episode. I got to see it. it yeah. Definitely. I was like, huh. I definitely would have been watched it all already. Can can <laughs> I can I tell you the entire episode? The entire high card episode, for some reason, I forgot that um, Finn had blonde hair and I thought he was Chris the entire time. <laughs> Bro, I was so confused until the end. I was just like, oh. Yeah. But Eden. Eden's dope. I, I like uh, I like just... Uh, like, you ever played Chinese checkers? Yeah. It seems like everyone's playing Chinese checkers. Like everyone's on a different, uh, different part of the board, trying to like figure something else out. Like everyone's trying yeah. to figure something out for the, a different reason, and like we're just waiting to see who gets the other side, uh, the other side first. Yeah, it's one of those ones where it's not like I'm not gonna say it doesn't have action, but it's not like pure fighting or something. It's like mental action. Like you got to think, like oh. What was this? He did that. What does this correlate with this? With so, mm-hmm. which I kind of I kind of enjoyed those ones because I really enjoyed Talentless Nana. <laughs> yeah, Talentless that, Nana was good. That mental that mental checklist of like, oh man, like really? That's what she did. How's she going to get out of this one? So I, yeah. So you thought good. this was the main character? <laughs> yeah, it messed me up when she when she threw him over the thing. I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, apparently I messed up um, the person in charge of creating my trailer for a book, because she really thought my book was about uh, an- the war between angels and demons. Yeah. And I was just like, ah. Um... <laughs> no, that war is over. <laughs> that was that was merely a merely pre-lived. a plot to set yeah, up precursor. Yeah. But um, yeah. High card, episode three, Crazy Rich. So we start off the episode with a coat praying to fire, like this mechanical figure of a like human human figure out of like metal crap and there's fire coming all over it. They're praying to the fire spirits or whatever. And bada bing bada boom. God has spoken and get delivered a a card right to the leader of the crazies. So, um, we continue this episode with a dude being abducted in the middle of the street, and Finn is there, who I thought was Chris at the time, and he saw it. Um, his immediate thought was, "How do I, how do I fix this?" He stole a scooter, went chasing them, and here's the part that really messed me up. And probably should have gave away the fact that this was Finn and not Chris. He pulled out the revolver and shot the tires out. Um, which, rewinding a little bit, the kid in the car, dude's like, "Don't make a sound," and like he didn't make a sound. He's like, "I told you not to make a sound." He's like, "But I didn't make a sound." He's like, "Oh, wise guy, eh?" I was like, "Oh, this dude is freaking out." <laughs> Yeah. So they're like, call your dad. And I was like, I don't have his number. I was like, don't call someone that knows your dad. I'm not buying this. And that's the part when Chris, quote unquote, Chris, she's at the tires. And I'm like, what is Chris has the gun? Why does Chris have the gun? I thought these cards choose who could use them. Can Chris use both of them? I was at this point, I was just really confused. I thought maybe we swapped main characters. Two episodes in. And I just continued the rest of this episode thinking Finn was Chris. So, (laughs) 
Um, Finn makes the car crash, and he snatches the kid and runs into like this coffee shop ish place, and where the kid just starts uh, walking away. He's like, "Hey, don't you want to thank me?" And it's like, "No, not really." It was like, "Don't you have something to say to me?" It was like, "Really." Your reckless uh, need to try to rescue me led to you stealing a scooter, possibly putting me in danger, putting other people in danger, and you're not even doing it for the sake of doing it, rather than you're doing it to stroke your own ego or what, things like that. It's a real snobby kid. It really is. And um, in the midst of all that, the two redheads showed up, and it became a little brawl between Finn and those two guys while the rich kid was sipping on tea and then the old lady that served the tea just casually whipped out a frying pan and whacked one of the red-haired dudes that came near her during the commotion. That whole... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm just saying, yeah. That whole situation got resolved when the police showed up and arrested the two redheads and then proceeded to put handcuffs on Finn for stealing the scooter and brought the kid in for questioning. Why that happened, I don't know. Because they were just let free anyway, which makes more sense later on. Um, They just walked out the room, walked out the building, and the kid is still being his, like, Rich snobby self, but um, Finn goes and gets him a hot dog. They start talking, <laughs> and here's another another thing that should have given it away. Finn starts like talking about himself and how he's from an orphanage, and I'm like, Chris is from an orphanage too. <laughs> yeah, oh, really? I don't. I, I think I'm. I don't know if I'm just that tired, but like it was not clicking. <laughs> Yeah, you were that tired. Bruh, so... The kid actually liked the hot dog, and the um, episode continued. Um, The guys in prison got broken out by Flame Girl, because she got her card, and it turned out to be the... Flame, flame, fruit. Yeah, flame, flame, fruit. Or what is it called? A flare, flare, fruit, I think it is. I think it's the flare, flare, fruit. But it's probably like another version of it yeah um so fame girl broke out the two redheads and um finn and the kid are just talking and they get approached excuse me they get approached by the crew who they decide no they're on a train i'm sorry they took a train which he hasn't done before either because it was it seemed like that was his first hot dog and that's when they showed up and basically got them to follow them to wherever their metal god of fire is. And thus, Lady reveals that she has the Seven of Clubs. Seven of Clubs. And then um, after her setting fire... Chris shows up. I'm like, Chris? Oh, crap. Blondie is Finn. Yeah, that's right. Finn is the blonde. Oh, my God. Uh, So much of this episode makes sense now. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, Chris shows up with a million dollars in cash in briefcase, slides it over. Um, Rich kid, whose name is Leo, pulls out a seven of diamonds. I I had a feeling he was a... A card holder because he didn't really seem too surprised about seeing powers in other cards. Um, and it turns out he can make with any amount of money he can make an equi- uh, an item equivalent to the amount of money that he has around him. So he turns a million dollars into a bazooka and lights up the the three delinquents. They acquire the Seven of Clubs, and um, they go about their day. Going back to the dealership, turns out Leo is the manager of the dealership. And he had a few select words for our boy Finn, and they were basically that he was not impressed. Yeah. So that was um, 
I was thinking back to the moment when where Finn when it was sharing a hot dog, and he was in he was in that action that caused him to lose his memories. Do you think he was on that plane that went down? Um, when they first started the cards, hmm. in the beginning, I can't remember if if I saw a child on the plane, but I was like, oh, plane crash. He's on the helicopter when it went down. That's how he got the card because he went down and held the card. Found him. I don't know. That's possible. Stuff. We'll never know. I mean, but he said he was in a car accident. Yeah, I mean, car, plane. If you can't remember your memories, they're interchangeable. <laughs> so. say, listen. <laughs> I mean, it could yeah. be. It could be just some. Maybe someone withheld information from him. Or he was in a plane crash, and they told him it was a car. Could I don't possibly. know. And then I also had another thought here. Like, is he actually working for good people? Who knows? Well. Because Leo's like, oh, only the strong survive and this, that, and the other. I'm like, ugh. It's very subjective, right? It's just like. Yeah. The people. It's. I hate to say. I hate to, like, reference a One Piece line from the War to Save Ace. But Doflamingo said something that was actually, like, really true. Um, when they were having the war, it was like, who's right or who's wrong? It doesn't matter. Pirate, whether it be pirates or the Marines, justice will be determined by whoever's on top. That's, that's kind of like the adage that, um, the history is only written by the winners. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Every, like, every, everything is basically in the hands of someone with the power to do so. Like, your intake on news and things like that. Like, someone has to decide to put that out there. Yeah. So, who's to say he's on the right side, but he's on the side that uh currently pays him really well. Yeah, so. So, yeah. Nice one. Ready to see where it goes from there. I'm just ready to remember some characters. <laughs> yeah, man, thought Chris was in there. Mm-mm-mm. On to the magical revolution of the reincarnated princess and the genius young lady. Season That's one, still my episode mind. nine. Let's do it. The, the sister and brother, and for whom the crown is intended. So we get a little flashback here. They're starting off as young kids. Andis comes over to play with old Algard. And he's like, I don't know if I should play with you, because last time I did, something blew up. And so so she says she'll be sorry this time. And she's like, oh, we can shake and, and make up. And he's like, okay. So then they go out playing, and he, re- he recalls the, the sensation of holding hands. It's like her hands were so warm that day, and the cold feeling when they stopped. So I, I guess it was like... You could say, like, he enjoyed the physical touch of his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, because she felt like it was reassuring for him to be there. Um, so then the fight starts, and he's doing, like, water-based attacks. And I'm like, okay, I thought he was an ice guy. But, nice. <laughs> but they're all to set up for ice prison. I'm like, oh, so he was using ice. It's kind of with, like when Sasuke shot that... Um, giant fireball up in the air to set up for uh, for Kieran. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this nice setup. Okay, I see you. So, so then she breaks through his attacks and she almost cuts his arm off. And Algard regenerates his arm. I was like, oh, okay. Vampire regeneration. So, so then she activates her dragon powers to fight off the icicle rain that he's doing overhead. And he gets to talk and he's like, he fears the future because people call you a monster. And no matter how strong you are, no one would recognize your worth. I was like, he's right. Because the people don't care. The people are some jerks. They are. Yeah. So then he asked her who she's trying to be. She's like, I'm just, just being myself. And I was like, ooh. That's me. I'm just being myself. Just being who I want to be. Yeah. A real MC. 
Yeah, so then my girl Lonnie, she's holding on by a thread. She's bleeding out. Her revise is about to be done. And she's like, I need some blood. And so Yuffie's like, oh, she's getting ready to like cut her arm over for him. And, and um, Ilya's like, no, I'll do it. And so like she like bites her lip and then like kisses her. And I was like, I was like, you were kind of bleeding from your arm, your shoulder. Like you could have just leant over and just like dribbled a few bloods out. <laughs> also, if she had enough energy to talk, she had enough energy to bite. She could have just bit your neck again. Yeah, so I, I feel like they just wanted like a, a kiss scene in there. It's a forced, force etch. Yeah, so I'm like, uh, I mean, I'm not. It wasn't not too, too bad though. Yeah, I'm not 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 too mad at. It. I guess I guess you could say Lonnie probably has a thing for the nurse, or maybe that's like her new love interest. I don't know. Uh, but um, did it seem to you as if the magic site respond? No, not. No. I was in crew pack. I was like, wow. No, I was saying, did it seem to you that like she was feeling everything Al felt? Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, I was like, oh, the magicite is respond is um respond, and I was like, did when you were looking at the Ilya's blood look like a little purplish? Mm-hmm. I was like, that's that kind of looks kind of different. Um, maybe it's an effect of being bitten before. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I did read a, a case study how some people have different blood types in different parts of their body. I forget the the generic term they they call it. But yeah, your your right arm could be like A minus or or A negative, and your left arm could be O positive. It's weird, so. Interesting. Um, yeah. And then so then Ilya asks Yuffie, she's like, don't, don't you want to end their fighting? And there are some more blows and her and honest source breaks. I'm like, oh man, what's she gonna do? And he's like, ha ha, broke your sword. And she conjures dragon claws. I was like, oh, it's getting real. Real, real. Yeah. So this is when I had my thought. I was like, oh, I think Al did all this just so people could like recognize her as uh, being strong so people could see. Because he gives her that like look like, oh, it's like a serenity look he looked up with her. Like mm-hmm. he's like, oh, this is going to be the end. But she gets to be a queen. So then Yuffie tags her right before she can land a decisive blow and calls them all idiots. And then Al recalls the story of um, her while they're out with the monster and she attacks and uh, the monster attacks her and she fights it off so that Algard could escape. And he had like feelings of helplessness. So he kind of said from that day on, he kind of just died or he's well, no, he said he ceased to be human um, because that that day there was a rumor that that she tried to kill Al Algard out of jealousy. So I'm like, huh. And then she renounced her throne because of this, because she wanted people to know that she had nothing to do with it. It was just a random accident. But you know how the rumor mill starts. Yes, um, sir. Yeah. And then he asked, why is the smarter one and the more the one that's more concerned for others be scorned? I'm like, mm, that's how it goes. And then he talks about um, how they have a glorious past, but they'll never have like a bright future as long as they stay in their ways of magic is power and this, that, and the other. And then he says, I should have never been born if it's going to cause you hurt. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, that sucks. But hey, them's the breaks. <laughs> you got to <laughs> play the cards you're dealt, baby. Yeah. Yeah, so so Algar's arrested. He's disinherited and sent to the Borderlands, which I feel like he had one or two outcomes. He was going to he's going to be uh, able to change the kingdom if he beat her to his way, or he's going to have to placate the throne 
and she was going to be in the next in line to rule. So, I mean, either way, I think he got his desired outcome of change. Mm-hmm. So. Which, once she's queen, she's probably just going to let him back in anyway. That's what I was thinking about. Um, yeah. So. So then, um, let's see. They do they do a whole shake and make up from earlier. And she thinks if I'd just been normal, it wouldn't have it would have been okay and Algar wouldn't have went through this and this, that, and the other, and la da da. So But yeah, then we find out that the people that helped Algar, the the Chateaurice people, they got condemned to death death. Deserved. But, yeah. Then they learned that Lani's vampire heritage and they tried to um, take over the king. So that's what, what caused him to, to die. And Yuffie, yeah, all the other people got punished for their actions. And then so time passed. He's getting ready to get banished to the nether realm. And Yuffie and Lani show up to see him off. They they talk. They have a couple moments. Um. And then at the end, he asked you if you did take care of Honest. I was like, I was like, oh man, it's sad to see, but you know, great, great episode. It kind of felt like that could get been to say goodbye. Ender. Yeah, like it felt to me. This felt like a um, end of season episode. Like it was it just did. done. I'm like, where are we going from here? It's like three episodes left. What are we doing? Yeah, I was like, oh, was, like I was like, oh, I was like, oh man, like. This one is it's over. But then I was like, nope, it can't be over because there's a whole bunch of episodes. Is it yeah, is it a three is it a twelve uh episode? 12? Yes, twelve. Okay, so it's not twenty four. So like on there now. Animes are getting like you're getting a wider variety of them, but they're they're getting shorter. Like people are coming up with ideas. But they're not coming up with lengthy ones. Yeah. Well, it it always felt to me like this was just like something that they were trying out anyway. Mm-hmm. Like with the concepts and this and the other. Like they were like, oh. So this might be like one of those ones where they give you like the 12 and then they give you like the 24 for the next season. Mm-hmm. Or like it was like on that episode by episode basis <laughs> kind of deal. And I forget. is. Honest, Honest was a man in her previous life, right? I don't think they ever disclosed it. I I don't think so either. I felt like I I got they, led to believe that they just showed like the um the past life, whatever um some some snippets, but I think she it's possible she probably could have been a man. Um. I don't know. I'm just waiting to see because they did the one the one thing and then they were like, oh, well, that's it. We're not going to tell you anything else. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to the magical blah, blah, blah. Honest is a gold ranker with Curtis Parents and Arsenal Quip who later also becomes part dragon while you feel proficient Win Ten Ten is the main protagonist of the reincarnated of the reincarnated princess. Because we know she's reincarnated. But then they never said how. So, but yeah, if she was a man, I was gonna say, what's why? Why can't you just make a, a woman reincarnate? <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of them do that. Um... The mat that was the essence of the bookworm was the one where she was a, a female reincarnate. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, also, this is great. Um, Killing Slime for 300 whatever years, I think, was a woman reincarnated. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that was a good episode. I'm wondering where the last three are going to take us, but we'll see. Probably going to clean up a few little details, and Honest is going to get on the throne. A quick so, Drona entry. Yeah, someone's gonna die. Got uh, anything else to discuss, Urbe? Yeah, I just want to say that um, High Card is essentially uh, One Piece 
with cards. So that was like a. I guess that's fair. Yeah. So there's 52 fruits out there for people to eat. Allegedly, only 52 fruits. Yeah. Oh, there are some card games where you have um, 104 cards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two decks. So, so yeah, that's that one. But um, yeah. That is that is all on my end. That's all on my end too, baby. Alright guys, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Like, comment, subscribe. You know the drill. And we'll see you next week. Peace! Peace.